Hey, Anna, remember that time lesbians, gays, and coal miners took on Margaret Thatcher? I'm your host, Anna Webb. And I'm your host, Amanda Webb. This is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out on all their favorite moments in history. And happy Pride! Pride. It's June. It's Pride. We just spent all day at a Pride celebration. We're tired. And we're very (laughs) tired. But here we are, continuing to celebrate Pride Mm -hmm. on the podcast. Would you like a drink update? Yes, of course. Sprite. I'm having Sprite. Mm, Classic. (laughs) I was out in the sun all day. I'm very sleepy. I thought... Having an alcoholic bev probably wasn't a good idea. No, just while put you we were right to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having water out of my new emotional support water bottle. Yes. Which she's got a new one, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and she got me one too for my birthday. I did indeed. Yes, it was just Anna's birthday. Woohoo, go me. And she also got a new emotional support water bottle. Yeah, I love it. All right. So, Pride Month, Pride episodes. Let's do it. Today we are talking about the fascinating group. Lesbians and gays support the minors, <laughs> which is a great title of a group. Yes. I love it. It's very to the point. Yeah. No yeah. mincing words there. Um, I learned about this group from the movie Pride, very aptly named. Um, it's a fantastic film. Um, On? I think Amazon Prime is okay. where I watched it. In the U.S. at least. Yeah. Um, it's spectacular. I highly recommend it. Um, a lot of this I got from that. Um, I also found a really excellent documentary that they made in the 80s about their work, um, and a couple other sources of information. Uh, so, to, to begin talking about this group, I wanted to give a little bit of background, both about what was happening for lesbians and gay men in England up to this point, and what was happening with coal miners miners. in England. So, for lesbians and gay men. (laughs) In the 1500s, England implements several sodomy laws, yeah. right? Which made homosexual... Homo- what? what? I was going to say homosexuality, <laughs> and then I realized that's not what I wrote down. I wrote Homo- down homosexual acts. Homosexual. <laughs> homosexual acts. Um, illegal. What are you? A homosexual. <laughs> um, these are very well known. Oh, yeah. Um, and affected... Everything for queer folks in England for a really, really long time. By the, like, mid-1950s, they were very heavily persecuting um, gay men especially. Um, This fact I found says there were 1,069 homosexual men in prison in England and Wales by the end of 1954. It's an average age of 37. So... Lots of folks yeah. imprisoned for, ju- mo- usually just, uh, I think you might be gay. You, yeah. You're, you're in although, jail now. Although, you know, some of them were actually caught right. engaging in those activities and then were snitched on, usually. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I don't know if you have anything in here about, like, all the treatments they used to... No, undergo. I didn't get into all of that, because that's, that's a different episode, yes, truly. But that was, like... At uh, this time, especially. Yes, because it was the time period where it was still considered a mental illness. Right. Um, like, I, yeah, clinically. Yeah. It was medical abuse in a lot of yes, ways. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, the Sexual Offenses Act of 1967 decriminalized homosexuality as long as it was consensual, private, and the people involved were over 21. So the age of consent okay. in England for everything else at this point was, was 16. Like 16. yeah. But for gay men specifically, there are never any laws against lesbians. Now, lesbians get persecuted in a hundred million sure. different ways anyway. Yeah. Uh, but there were never law- specific laws against lesbians. Um, but for the age of consent for gay men was 21. And then also, you couldn't tell anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Had to be private. Had to be private. Like, yeah. Okay. So, okay. Um, so in 1988, this is a little past the time we're going to talk about, but I think it shows you generally what the 80s were like, um, and what the attitude was, and specifically what the attitude of the Margaret Thatcher government government, was, um, because this is when Margaret Thatcher is prime minister, um, her government is horrendous, um, very, very conservative. They are terrible, um, in many different ways. And in 1988, Thatcher's government passed Section 28, which, quote, banned local authorities from promoting homosexuality or pretend family relationships and prohibited councils from funding educational materials and projects perceived to promote homosexuality. It's basically... Florida's don't say gay bill, yeah, yeah. but in the eighties, which is like yeah. super gross. Really fun. I feel great about where we are. Really gross. Yeah. Um. But so that's that's the general attitude of Thatcher's government. Yeah. In the background of everything we're going to talk about today, because we're talking about like the mid eighties. Um. Also in the eighties, Britain saw the beginning of the AIDS epidemic. Sure. Again, in the background of everything that we're yeah. talking about. So that's what's going on for queer folks in yeah. England in the eighties. Also in the eighties. There is a major coal miner strike. Yeah, in England. <laughs> right now, it seems these two things are connected, but we're getting but back to be. it. Yes. yes. So, um, in the 1980s, Thatcher's government threatened to close and privatize Britain's coal mines. Now, cool. Yeah. So at the time, most of them were not profitable. That's why her government was sure wanting to do this. However. Whole communities right. relied on those mines as a means of income. Hey, we know hey, what that's well, like. Hey, West Virginia, we know what that's like. Yeah. Um, and this is the other thing is, okay, so you're going to close the coal mines because they're but not profitable. What? But then what? But you're not replacing it right. with anything, right? It's like, you're okay. are not giving those people yeah, jobs. Do, we or... don't need that form of energy anymore, sure. But right. you're not doing anything to help those people. Right. And um, you're not putting in place new systems for cleaner energy. Right. You know, so... That those people could be working. Right, exactly. Mind. Yeah, no. It's just, we're going to close it and we're going to privatize it, and these entire communities are going to lose their main source of income. Yeah. Um, in 1984, um, after secretly stockpiling coal at a bunch of power stations, the National Coal Board announces that they're going to close 20 pits. Um, so, for us, that's like, um, our language for that, I guess, is like veins. Yeah. Um, that's sure. the language we use here. That is the same kind of idea. Entrances or yeah. um, access points. Also, their coal there them. is a little different. So yeah, the mining yeah. process of it is a little different. Um, so the group that sees that heads up most of this strike is the National Union of Mine Workers. And several local chapters of that organized strikes strikes but the because it's a national union they technically have to have a national vote of their union members to officially strike and the president arthur scargill doesn't do a national ballot he just declares a national strike 
in March of 1984. Wow. Now, this ends up causing a lot of problems because the strike is ruled illegal. Right. And that then means that um, members of the union can't get benefits right. because their union has all these government-wise legal rules that they then have to follow to be able to strike. Right. Um, because labor labor politics in England were very different to yes. labor politi- labor politics in America, yeah. um, and so it ends up causing a lot of problems that the strike was never formally called. Yeah. Um, and there were also a bunch of people who weren't wanting to strike because not all the pits were closing. They tried to call for the steelworkers to strike in solidarity, and, and they, they chose not to, to because uh-huh. they had recently gone through a lot of stuff with the Thatcher government, and so... They had finally kind of made a little bit of peace. Yes, so. it was difficult. Also, during the strike, um, Thatcher's government sequestered funds from the National Union of Mine Workers, so any money that was sent to the oh. national organization for the striking miners was probably going to be taken by the government. Cool. Um, so that was where they were supposed to be getting their funds from the, for the strike. These yeah. communities who like need Gave food their, and yes. clothes because their family members aren't working, right. aren't getting anything. So all of that to say, uh, donation groups that are then encouraged to twin hmm. with mining communities and send their donations directly to those communities. Sure. Because Instead of funneling it through that. You know, our system. local whatever wants to raise money for the mine workers. Don't send it to the national union. Right. Call around, find a community send it that's to striking. Whoever is kind of leading it in that area. And send it to that yeah. community. Um so uh Mark Ashton is a gay man and a member of the Communist Party of Great Britain. Shocking. Shocking. Um <laughs> And several That's of dangerous. his, yeah, um, and several of his friends form the group Lesbians and Gays Support the Miners yes. after collecting donations during the 1984 London Pride March. So basically, they just, ha- you know, were seeing on the news what was happening to these miners. Mm-hmm. Um, many mining communities began having violent confrontations with the police sure. through the strikes because the police were very violent. much on Mar- Margaret yeah. Thatcher's side. Yeah. Um, they were also facing like media attacks and attacks from the government. Thatcher described the striking miners as the enemy within. Um, that was a direct a quote from for her. The dramatic. So a lot of gays and lesbians saw themselves in the miners' struggle. Of course. Yeah. Hey, it's almost like those two groups are more alike than they are different. Yeah, it's crazy. Something to think about. It's crazy. Um, in that, I said I had found a documentary that um, LGSM, that's Lesbian yeah. and Gay Support the Miners, um, made about their right. movement, and they're interviewing Mark in this video, and he says, one community should give solidarity to another. It yes. is really illogical to say, I'm gay, and I'm into defending the gay community, but I don't care about anything yes. else. He also goes on to say in that, like, the, why do we support them? Well, they mine the coal that creates our electricity yeah. that allows us to live our day-to-day life. Yeah, of course. And I am certainly not going to go down there and mine. Right. So, of course, I'm going to support well, them in their work. And also, it shows that group of people, like, they don't have to fear the gay community because we are here to help you, just like you have been helping us, right? So, yes. Yeah. We're going to get into that more yeah, as we go. Sure. But basically... These folks had been seeing in the news all of these ways that they right. were being attacked, and so they take up a. Coll- it's just they say, people. We know what that's it's like. It's people with buckets yeah. walking down London 
pride and asking for donations, yeah. and then they form this for, formally form this group yeah. and start taking up donations. Um, a lot of the fundraising would ha- happen outside of Gaze the Word bookstore, <laughs> Gaze the Word, right? <laughs> um, and the Bell Pub, uh-huh. as well as several other gay and lesbian pubs and clubs, pubs which and clubs, is baby. so much more fun to say <laughs> than bars and clubs. <laughs> yeah, pubs and clubs, pubs and clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're donating money for a while, and like I said before, these donating groups are encouraged to twin with a mining community. Yeah. So they start looking around for folks who need help and sending out some letters, and they send a letter to the mining community of Delice, I believe I'm saying that correctly, um, in South Wales. I'm sure any Welsh listeners yeah. could give us the I'm doing my best, <laughs> I swear. Um, basically asking them to accept their donations from the strike. Yeah. Um, Di Donovan, who is a National Union of Mine Workers member and a strike organizer of the Delice Valley, agrees to take the donation and comes to London to meet the group and collect a check for donations. Um, Shortly after that, about 30 members of LGSM go to Delice to visit the community. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, they get, like, lost on the back roads and don't arrive until, like, the middle of the night. <laughs> All 30 of them spend the night on Dice floor. Oh like, a bunch of them are, um, there. Huh. Um, I have lots of little stories and quotes of several of the members sure. of LGSM okay. who have just talked about their experience yeah. there. Um, so, one of the ones I wanted to mention here is Mike Jackson. Uh, he was the secretary of LGSM and a co-founder of the group. Mm-hmm. And he said, it would be dishonest to say there was no dissent. Years mm-hmm. later, we found out there had been a meeting following my letter explaining a bunch of queers wanted to support them. Uh, it had led to a very heated dis- discussion. Oh, sure. But the consensus was, we have been demonized by the press. Maybe we should meet the gay people because they've also been right. demonized. Right. Um, those who had a problem with it were told to stay away. So we never encountered any hostility. Wow. Um. It was not long before the Welsh miners warmed to their cause. They started wearing gay badges on their lapels. They wanted money because they were on strike. We wanted recognition and acceptance. Uh, Not that we went with any preconditions. We did not expect anything back. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, in someone accepting, like, this kind of gift and this support from you... Mm -hmm. Hopefully, the acceptance of you comes with it. Right. Um, They they weren't expecting much besides just sending the money. Sure. Um, But Di was so, like, kind and honest, like, when he came to meet them. Which also, you have to think, for these London gays, they were not expecting this tiny Welsh, South Welsh community to be that open-minded. Sure, And so when he came up and said, do you want to come down and visit us? They were expecting to be... Met greeted with, some pushback. with yeah or just yeah. a lot of people being like not sure what to do with right, them sure. um which they initially had some of that yeah. but like they said they never had a lot of hostility because the folks who were who didn't like it were they told didn't show up they stayed away stay away right. um we're taking this money because it's going to help us and if yeah. you have a problem with that then you don't well, you don't need to take it and you also you have know? to think about like the culture in Wales too of this idea that they as a country have mm-hmm. also kind of been cast out Absolutely. a little bit too so yeah it, it's they're probably more likely it was than good small that they found a welsh community yeah, yeah small communities in britain probably took a little more convincing i would guess mm-hmm. um you know maybe, in but. in the movie which is according to all of these people a pretty accurate telling of their i'm sorry story. i said britain i meant england yeah sorry um <laughs> anyway 
but according to all these folks, is a pretty accurate telling of their yeah. story. In the movie, there's a scene where they're calling around to several different groups uh-huh. and asking them, and I'm sure they sent out more than one letter. Well, yeah. Um, and these were the folks who took them up on it. Yeah. Um, again, just a couple other little, like, stories yeah. of folks. One member of LGSM was Jonathan Blake, and Jonathan was one of the first people in England to be diagnosed with HIV. Wow. Isn't that really interesting? He was, like, number five or something like that. Like, he was one of the very first people to be diagnosed. Uh, He believed he would only live for three months. He is still alive today. He is 73 years old. Well, they didn't know much back then. No, they didn't. (laughs) But, But, I mean, a lot of people were given three months and only got it. You know, like... Well, yes. In the early days, especially. Yes. Yeah. Because they didn't know much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They didn't know how to treat it. He said he thinks he lived because he never went on an AZT trial. He just... I mean, maybe, yeah. He just was convinced he wasn't going to make it, so he didn't bother. Yeah, sure. And here he is all these years later. Yeah. Now, Mark Ashton, um, who I was talking about before, uh, the group's founder, he died of AIDS in 1987. Wow. Uh, so he didn't live very long after yeah. the strike. Um, but is well-remembered by the folks in yeah, the group. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so then they have a pretty open relationship with... Delice, they go back and forth a good bit. Uh, in that documentary, there's this clip of a bunch of these women. This documentary is called All Out, Dancing in Delice. It's great. <laughs> I, I really that. recommend it. It's like half an hour. Um, but there's this group of women from the community all sitting around and talking. And they were like, now whenever they come down, they go, oh, the gays have been around. Oh, why don't you send them over to see me? How are they doing? How are the gays? Oh, I wanted to give them tea. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's funny. Now, in November of 1984, uh, a group of lesbians splits off from the group mm. to form the group Lesbians Against Pit Closures, <laughs> which is delightful. Yeah. Um, their goal was to support and focus on the work that women were doing, oh, specifically, sure. to support the miners and mining communities. Sure. Um, and, uh, again, in that documentary, there's one woman uh, who's a member of Lesbians Against Pit Closures who's talking about... Um, how they they really want to focus on putting women's issues up in front of the right. labor union yeah. politics because they are so vital to yes, the movement. Of course. Um, strikes do not happen without women. Ne- no, strikes do not happen without no. women um, for a lot of reasons. Yeah, uh, and they keep working very closely with lesbians against sure. sports miners. Also, another reason they broke off is because um, LGSM ends up being. Decently political, um, sure. very socialist. Mm. Lots, lots, and lots of young socialists join this. Sure, group. that makes sense. Um, this is the height of the popularity of socialism. Yeah, um, unions are inherently pretty pretty socialist. socialist. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a lot of the lesbians who were going to these groups didn't really have a strong interest in politics, right? But they wanted to support these people, sure. And so they kind of yeah. formed their own subgroup. Well, and now they have a focused group to work on this one aspect yes, of it yeah. which there's nothing wrong with yeah um one very important woman from delice who worked with lgsm was sean james uh her husband was a minor in delice and she took up a lot of activism work during the strike mm-hmm. um she was just one of those leaders like yeah. die she worked to organize a ton of stuff she helped feed about a thousand families a week wow. in nine centers across three valleys of striking miners. Wow. Um, she was one of the organizers of that area. Uh, again, from that documentary, in an interview, she said, 
We were next in line after lesbians and gays, black men, black women. There was another fair group that was anybody's for grabs, and that was the minors. You cannot sympathize with an oppressed group until you've actually been a member of one. Um, And she was, like, this young woman. She married at, like, 16, had kids by 20. Sure. Um, Her husband was a minor. She was taking care of things. But when the strike happened, she was like, oh, I have a real passion for this. Yeah. And she went back and got her A-levels. She got a degree in Welsh. And then she became a member of parliament. Good for her. Um, She is the Labour MP for Swansea East. And she is the first woman to ever win that seat. Wow. So she, because of all of this... Went on to, because of her right. work with this group well, specifically. Everybody starts somewhere. Yeah, I just, I think that's fascinating yeah, that that's, that's what cool. she went on to do. Um, on December 10th, 1984, the group organizes a benefit concert at the Electric Ballroom <laughs> called Pits and Perverts. <laughs> Love that. Um, and the name is supposedly taken from a headline from The Sun. Ugh, of course. Um, basically, oh, the media's going to make fun of us, then let's yeah. make that our. That's kind of The um, Sun's thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the event was attended by about 1,500 people. Wow. Um, it was a huge fundraiser for them. Yeah. Uh, Die speaks at the benefit, and it's all of these very flamboyant gay yeah. men, like de- like totally decked out. And then Die in his corduroys, sure, and his like jacket, the kind of more straight laced worker. Minor, so Welsh. He's so Welsh. Yeah. He's so Welsh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this quote from the end of his speech, she says, "Victory to the miners, victory to the lesbians and gays, victory to the old, victory to the young, victory to the sick, and victory to the working class." And that was very much the energy of the entire This is movement. so much more hopeful than our last I episode. I know. <laughs> well, and just, I, I also think um, this year specifically, yeah. um, it is important to focus on the politics of pride, I yeah. think. Yes. Um, and I really thought this was a great topic yeah. to focus on how political pride has always, always. been. Yep. Yeah. Uh, other branches and other cities start to develop mm-hmm. and would twin with other South Wales towns right. throughout the strike. Um, eventually LGSM helps buy a new van for the Delice miners, um, to use to transport food to the community and eventually like to help them drive to work when the strike is off and right. stuff like that. And it has their badge and name on the side. Nice. Um, Sean talks in the in that documentary about people will stop and be like, why is that van <laughs> here? What? How did that get here? And why well, is it? Yeah. It says right there. It says right there because the lesbians and gays <laughs> they support the minors. A very, you know, telling name. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also appreciate that. This is no. And this comes from... It being a bunch of socialists, yeah, is that they didn't no want to be about what they're for. They weren't just like minor support group, right? right. They wanted it to be lesbians yeah, and gays course. support the minors. Yeah. They purposefully went and fundraised with that name yeah. outside of gay um, spaces, gathering spaces, yeah. because they wanted the money to come from those folks. Yeah. Um, it's very much that attitude of put your money where your mouth is, yes. you know. Also, if you're going to be upsetting people politically, you might as well just, like, be yourself while you're doing it, right? Yeah, (laughs) truly. Yeah. Well, and all of them hated Thatcher anyway, um, because she was horrendous to them. Yeah. And so there they all are saying, let's let's stick it to Thatcher 
in yeah. another fun way. She was you know? horrendous to everybody, even yeah. the people who were on her side, truly. frankly. Truly, hey, truly. Where have we heard that before? Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, by the end of the strike in 1985, the London branch of LGSM had raised over 22,500 pounds, mm. which is equivalent to about 73,000 pounds today. Um, it's one of the most successful fundraising organizations during the strikes. Nice. They were able to send a lice, like, between 500 and 1,000 pounds yeah. a week. Oppressed communities know how to organize. They sure, they sure do. They have um, to. And, like, they weren't raising enough to keep those fo- folks afloat on their own, but no, they were but their biggest um, donors. Chunk of money. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Consistent. Consistently yes. sent yeah. chunk of money. Um, now, ultimately... The minor strike is not terribly successful. Um, right. They end up coming to tentative agreements. They go back to work, but then over the next several years, tons of pits close. Um, and it just happens like that. However, this organization ends up having a major influence on labor politics. Yeah. Uh, so at the 1985 Labor Party Conference... There is a resolution committing the party to the support of LGBT rights. And it's passed because of block voting mm. from the National Union of Mine Workers. Yeah. So the Labor That's what Party. You get when you help each mm-hmm. other. The yes. Labor Party, a major party in British politics, the second major party in British politics, is committed to LGBT rights in 1985 yeah. because of the mine workers. Yeah. I just think that's incredible. Um, the miners groups were also very outspoken allies during the campaign against section 28, section Mm -hmm. 28 went through, but you know, they were there for all of that. And that is still on the labor party's agenda today because of that. Well, the, um, the, um, resolution because of this vote, it would not have passed without the miners. No. Um, several mining communities, including the people of Delice and their families, led the Gay Pride Parade in oh, London in 1985, like, at the cool. front of the parade. Yeah, I understand what um, that means. <laughs> they were the first non-LGBTQ group ever to march in the parade. Wow. Um, and they all bring their, uh, union banners. Yeah, sure. And they march with them. It's amazing. There are really cool pictures and videos of them marching with nice. that. Uh, there is an archive of the group's work in the People's History Museum in Manchester. Um, and in one of the interviews I was reading, I found a really good interview from The Guardian where um, the columnist goes and interviews several of the people that the characters from the movie are inspired sure. by um, and sits down with each of them and talks about their experience. And I can't remember which one it was. I think it was maybe Mike talks about how he was sure that their history was just going to die. Like mm. they knew that they, they had this in the People's History Museum but once in Manchester. The strike was over, it was yeah. like, what's gonna keep people talking about this? Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and even though their work was in that museum, it was in the archives, people wouldn't have known to look for it. Yeah. Um, and so he was just so sure that it was going to die out. Die out. out. They yeah. would they wouldn't be remembered. Um, but then in two thousand fourteen they released Pride and it tells the story of the group and right. it has solidified their story and history, yeah. which thank God, it's such a fascinating story. Yeah, um, I wouldn't have known about it and otherwise. And as West Virginians, I think it oh, it definitely really resonates. hits to the heart. Yes. And I love this movie. Yeah. Um, in 2015, after the film is released, the surviving members of the organization have a 30th anniversary reunion, oh. and they raise funds for the Mark Ashton Fund, right. which is an HIV and AIDS uh, fund. 
And then they're chosen to lead the 2015 Birmingham Pride Parade uh, in recognition of their historic status. They also were, like, asked to lead London Pride, but then several of the, like, uh, other unions weren't allowed to march or were asked to march further back, so they chose to march further back with them instead of up at the front. Got it. Um, LGSM announced on October 9th, 2015, that they would quote, wind down as a current campaigning force, mm. um, saying that they did not want to become an LGBT version of the British Legion. <laughs> <laughs> um, so That's they are funny. still, like, the people who are still members are committed to preserving the history, essentially. Sure, and also you have to think, like, if something else came up where they would be the Useful. right fit yeah. to help, they'd probably start kicking up their fundraising yeah. again. So but... a handful of the original members are still... Um, keeping the group active basically as a as a historic registry sure. so they keep the w- website updated and right. like stuff like that and then in 2016 they're approached by the author Tim Tate to novel to write a novel about um, oh. the, their whole well not a novel a, a, book. B- a book yeah <laughs> um about the their work right. it's called Pride and it's published in um 2017 cool yeah so there are now several avenues of remembering yeah this group for their work that's, that's really interesting that's lgsm i know this was a short one but um there it, it's unfortunate that there's not more uh to say about this group but i because it was such a short time that they were active yeah um but i also just think it's so interesting it is. um that i wanted to bring it as an episode and i really really love that movie um yeah. pride is a really good telling it's got a stupidly good cast yeah um bill nye and milda oh. um staunton. staunton um dominic west oh sure um yeah. uh freaking moriarty from sherlock <laughs> it's a oh, great yeah. it's a great cast i highly recommend that film um yeah but that's that's I them it. that's lgsm would you like a sawyer joke i do have one yes absolutely um why did no one snitch about the strike why they were all minding their own business um uh, this is the um text i got preceding that joke okay which is uh which says i have a stupid joke that i can totally tell is not as funny as my usual stuff but i came up with it while coming down off dayquil (laughs) um so that's where that joke comes from i liked it i also liked it (laughs) but i thought the context was important to share that's funny i love it yeah well, that was a great first Pride episode. Thanks. I don't know what I will be talking about next time. I haven't decided yet, and I am so tired I can't think about it right now. Um, but it will be interesting. Yes. I am sure. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. Um, hope you also enjoyed this first episode of Pride this year. Um, after Pride, um, we're probably going to be looking for maybe some suggestions. Yeah. I don't know that we really have too much like planned that far out. No. So if anybody has any topics that they'd like us to talk about um you can email us at remember that pod at gmail.com um you can also send them to us on instagram at rtt pod you can follow us over there and we would really love it if you would leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to this podcast um if you want to find me on the internet i am at the real anna webb and i'm at acw nerdfighter also know that it is summer um, and that we are doing lots of little bits of traveling, yes. so schedule we'll do our might best. get funny. We'll do I our think best. for the most part we're probably okay, but every now and then there are going to be some weird weeks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody's always very gracious about that. Yes, so indeed. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Well, 
short, sweet, to the point. Yeah. And until next time, remember that time.